Really at Jam City, we want to treat the players first and foremost. We really care about their experiences. That comes down to ad quality and what type of ads they're seeing. So we want to make sure that the performance is there. A waterfall management does take a lot of time. The big drawback is the back and forth with networks, obviously the uh, analysis behind it, and not always is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak. That was Kyle. Kyle is the Senior Director of Ad Monetization from Jam City, and he uses IronSource's platform to automate his monetization and grow game revenue. That is time that is really maximized and could theoretically be a 50 to 100% to 2x increase in overall ad revenue. Theoretically, Level Play just automates a lot of that. That is a huge time sink for a lot of our teams. Want to grow like Jam City? Get the SDK on ironslc.com. That's ironslc.com. We all know it. Mobile marketing is going through a paradigm shift. With the industry moving towards a more aggregate way of measuring marketing efforts, marketers' ability to measure and understand the impact of their marketing investments is further curtailed. AppSlyer, though, is not sitting on the sidelines. The company has set a goal to help their customers and the entire mobile ecosystem to successfully navigate the new era of mobile marketing. And that's where AppSlyer's latest product, the incrementality solution, comes to play. It's a product that truly empowers marketers to gain a better understanding of the real value that their marketing efforts hold. AppSlyer's incrementality solution is built around remarketing. It simplifies the process of designing, executing, and analyzing incremental lift tests at scale, which previously was something that only the biggest players on the market were able to do. With, with incrementality, marketers can focus on the end goal of their test without actually having to worry about the heavy lifting that comes with it. To learn more about incrementality and to read the success stories from publishers like Kabam, I suggest you head out to appsliers.com. Hello, everyone. Today, we are here with Dirk Lute, co-founder of Upland. Upland markets itself as a metaverse of sorts where you are able to buy, sell, and trade virtual properties in the Upland world. So the focus of conversation today is going to be about two topics that even as someone who's been in the game industry for the past 10 years, I just don't really understand that very well. And that is first, blockchain applied to gaming, and two, what is the metaverse? But first, welcome, Dirk. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Excited to be here. Great. So I thought we could start with kind of blockchain basics. So I'm going to mention a number of terms and just pretend I don't really understand these terms very well. And if you can explain them to our audience, that would be great because I actually don't understand these terms that well. But I thought we could first start with essentially like Bitcoin versus Ethereum. When people think about these two these two currencies, could you explain what they are and what the primary difference between those two are? Yeah, absolutely. So Bitcoin was, let's say, the first uh, it's a cryptocurrency which was launched a little bit more than 10 years ago now um, by someone who nobody knows who or she or this group is called Satoshi Nakamoto. And um, the basic idea is, is, is a store of value where you can exchange, you can use uh, Bitcoins to pay for things, even though when I say store of value, it's probably better to, to, to just, you know, to save it and to put it back and, you know, to, for, for later purposes. Ethereum was then developed some years later and under the leadership of Vitalik Buterin. 
And um, this is also based on so-called blockchain technology, very much like Bitcoin, which has invented in a certain sense this blockchain technology. And um, Ethereum has one advantage, it has a, has a different aspect, it's, it's actually a programmable, programmable um, blockchain that means you can actually put apps on top of it and that makes it different because Bitcoin is basically just a, a currency while Ethereum allows you to put apps on top of it. However, um, Ethereum also has a has, a, has a, its own currency called Ether which are traded also on, on exchanges. Great. And then what about blockchain itself? Can you explain in a simple way what blockchain is? Yeah, blockchain um, is a distributed ledger where actually you see um, transactions which are publicly recorded. You can always look at them up. And when I always try to explain the famous, you know, to explain it to your mother type of thing, you know, what is blockchain? You just picture it that you have uh, eight people who don't know each other sitting around one table and person and each one of them has let's say a $10 bill in front of them and um, so person A now says you know I'm going to give now person B a this $1 this $10 bill so all the other people can see it and can verify it yes person A gave it to person B and that's very much how blockchain works and you know you can always see it and it's, it's secure and lots of other things but um, this is in a very not very easy explanation of, of the idea of blockchain. Okay. And then when people talk about social tokens, what is meant by a social token? Yeah, this is actually quite new and social tokens are actually could be relevant for you, Joe, <laughs> because it's actually for creators okay. and for communities. So the basic idea is that you as a person, when it's for an individual, you do uh, what is called maybe a token sale about yourself. You issue maybe the Joe token, right? And then everyone who purchases that Joe token then will be actually have access to certain things you promise to them. So one could be, for instance, uh, you give them access maybe to a one-on-one -on -one call, right? Maybe when they have a certain amount of tokens, you have a one-on-one -on -one call. You can, you know, only those who hold this token can have that. Or you can promise maybe and we give them, you know, some future revenues. You tell them, okay, you know, the future I'm going to share 10% of my revenues with all the uh, token holders. So that's that's possible. When you speak of a community token, which is also kind of a social token, is where people will get access maybe to a Discord group, right, if they hold the token. And there's a lot of other things. It's, it's very much like at the intersection of loyalty, token, and, and, and so on. So that's the basic idea of a social token. Right. And then NFT. So NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. So we were mentioning earlier Bitcoin or Ethers. These are all tokens which are all, let's say, exchangeable, very much like a $1 note. When I give you the $1 note, the next dollar note exactly looks the same. So you cannot tell the difference. NFT is um, the non-fungible tokens really when it's unique. Take a drawing in the real life. So it's only one piece exists for associated with that particular token. Okay. And almost done here. So uh, second to last is DeFi. Yeah, DeFi stands for decentralized finance, and this is uh, quite hip in the whole, uh, let's say, crypto uh, industry right now. Is where I actually I own some 
virtual or some digital assets and I put them somewhere um, just so as one example in order to maybe collect some interest. So I stake my tokens somewhere and because I stake them, those people who did receive them, they can do other things with those tokens and I get some kind of an interest back. So that's what, what it is. But there's much more to decentralized finance as finance as an industry in general is of course a very broad space. Got it. And the final term, just in terms of mining, what does it mean to mine, whether it's Bitcoin or some of these tokens? Yeah, mining is basically the process to uh, verify, and I don't want to go to technical here, uh, you know, blocks on, on, on the blockchain. And you have a lot of mining companies <laughs> who, has, who have computers, and they actually take a look and they verify it. They do some mathematical puzzles and so on, and they do that. They, because for the work they do, Okay, question everybody. What's the hardest part about making a video game? Ready to answer? Well, if you just replied funding, then you are not alone. That's why Exola created Exola Funding Club. Exola Funding Club is a complimentary matching service that puts video games like yours in front of multiple publishers and investors. Apply today to join a portfolio of expertly curated games. Join Exola Funding Club today at exola.com funding. That's X-S-O-L-L-A dot com slash funding. Link in the show notes. Thanks, everybody. They actually mine Bitcoins. And that's the basic idea of, of mining. And so just generally speaking, when we think about what the, the problems, so can you talk about what problems is blockchain, blockchain solving, which wasn't possible before? So as I mentioned earlier with my example, when people sit around the table and everyone can see what the others have, have been doing, and that's that's one of the main benefits now is that it's 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 transparent. I can see, I don't know that really is Joe's doing this transaction, but I can see an abstract address. I know this, I can verify that this transaction has really happened. So transparency is a very, very important asset. And I can exchange then also value between different different stakeholders. So that is very important. And one, one thing is also blockchain is a ledger or let's say a database technology. When I'm a gaming company before I, as a gaming operator, I could always change a database entry and you know whatever I want to do. However, with blockchain, it's immutable. That means it cannot be changed anymore. And this creates another level of trust for players because they know, okay, this transaction cannot be reversed by anyone who says arbitrarily, I don't want this to be happen. And so when we think about these capabilities that you just described and think about gaming, in your opinion, what are like the potential applications of whether it's crypto, NFT, blockchain, or to your point, you said that social tokens may be something that's more applicable to me, but could you speak about what are the current key applications or what are some of the applications that you're most excited about in the future? So um, uh, it started out, of course, being a currency, then you have the whole DeFi, but now it comes and it's already big in, in gaming, because gaming obviously always was dealing with digital goods and exchange of, of goods. Now you're adding this whole component that you can exchange of value. And what is completely new with blockchain, and this is what was not possible in that way before, that players will be able not to just to extract, let's say, entertainment value out of a game they are also able now to extract monetary value and this is what makes it gives now completely new use cases also especially for for games 
Okay. And are, are there any in particular, like if you think about current applications of blockchain to games, are there any popular applications of blockchain today? So where where blockchain is very strong at the, these days is especially in let's say collectibles. So where people in in the digital art space. So you have a lot of websites that are called So Rare or Rareable who are offering you know artists to upload digital art and they can sell that as form as an NFT to people who are interested in that art. And there are several reasons why people buy that. Some people just like the art the way it looks. Others say, hmm, you know, it's maybe some kind of speculation, hopefully increases in value and, and all this, these kind of things. But the big advantage in that case is because when you when you compare it to the real world art, when you have, a, let's say, a Picasso somewhere and you purchase it, first of all, you have to go there to 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 the place in physical location to do and then maybe participate in auction. Then you once you maybe bought it, then you have to take it with you to transport it in the plane. Well, Picasso drawing itself will be difficult to transport. Transport, but it's way more difficult. And that's why people say, especially in the digital art space, there's a huge potential because it's so much easier to, to exchange between different different stakeholders. Um, and then the other component is the co collectibles. What you see currently is that, uh, you know, there's one example is what is right now is quite big is NBA Top Shots, where people can purchase some, some unique, you know, videos uh, which are secured on the blockchains. So there's other, other possible applications, uh, which, which makes it really, really compelling use case for blockchain. In terms of like, whether you think about the key risks or the current impediments to wider spread adoption, what do you think those are? Why haven't we seen greater adoption of blockchain in games or in other applications to date? Yeah, even though uh, blockchain gives you this new benefit, meaning you can extract monetary value, but the way you can extract it is still quite complicated. So when you want to purchase something on blockchain or on a, a blockchain game normally, I come later to Upland because we do it differently. Um, you have to set up a wallet. So that in itself is a complicated process. So you need to understand what the private key is. You need to handle so-called passphrases. And this makes it super difficult, let's say, for the average player to, to, to get into this whole world. And that's why you really need to obfuscate this complicated aspects and, and, and find other ways what people are known, what people are using every day and uh, in order to attract and then to come achieve mass adoption. So just to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that so is that is it primarily the the interface in which you're you're kind of whether it's you know like let's say i'm i'm purchasing a collectible and the way in which you actually interface to to get your collectibles is that the main problem or could you expound a little bit more in terms of the specific problem you're seeing yeah, that's the that's a problem. I give you one example is uh, so when you want to purchase something on Ethereum, um, there's a, there's an application called MetaMask. So first of all, when you you cannot just go there and enter your credit card or whatever. What you need to do is you need to first download the MetaMask. Then you need to install those those, those private keys and passphrases. You need to do and this is what is really complicated. And people are scared. Also, let's imagine you purchase something and some some of the digital art has been sold for you know. Right hundred thousands of dollars already yeah. and when you lose your private key when you lose your your passphrase 
this moment, this is gone, right? This is really scary for a lot of people, right? I mean, people don't care probably when they lose something for $5. Some, of course, do, right? But but uh, but if it gets to higher amounts and, and and then, you you know, then someone steals your private key or so, or when you write it down somewhere on a paper and someone finds that paper, then it's actually it's gone. You don't have any protection. And that's what, what is really big, big barrier for people to, to enter. Of course, then they see all the fluctuations and it's now in the mainstream media that price of Bitcoin going up and down. Right now it's going all the way up, but you right. never know if it goes down completely again. And that also is another reason why people who are a little bit more risk averse are not yet entering that whole space. So maybe we could talk a little bit more about Upland specifically then in terms of, could you tell us more about what Upland is and then how you're integrating blockchain? Yeah, absolutely. So Upland is, uh, so we got inspired by the board game Monopoly. So everyone knows what that is, has played in they were young and that was Upland is basically. Upland is what we call a metaverse. And we come to later a little bit what that is a metaverse, but it's uh, it's based on actual addresses. So we're currently live for the cities of uh, Fresno, interestingly, that's uh, come to that a little bit later, but New York and uh, San Francisco, where you can purchase a property, um, which is when you have a um, when you zoom in into Upland, it's very much like a map application. You zoom in, you see the property borders, and you can purchase, let's say, two, three, four, two, three, four, four Post Street in San Francisco. It's very simple. Once you purchase that property, and it's just a parcel, you start earning income on it, and we call um, call that yield. And it's uh, Apex, which is our in-app currency. So that's that's a very simplistic way of you know getting into into Upland. But basically, Upland is based on three pillars, play, earn, and connect. So the first one is play. That means once you purchase the property, we have uh, collecting, uh, you can complete collections. That means you can collect properties which have the same characteristic, let's say the same properties um, on the same street, or maybe um, three museums and so on. And the more rare a property characteristic is the you know of course the harder it is to get them and but then also your yield on those properties increases because when you complete a collection you get a one-time boost and again when it's more rare you get a even higher to a two or three time boost so that's part of the play another part of the play component is um, that we have treasure hunts we have uh, scavenger hunts we have live events in the app so it's always something going on and it's a it's a lot of fun so that's the first uh, pillar the second pillar is now what we're currently um, launching is called earn and this is what is also so new about blockchain is that people are uh, will be able to develop their properties they can put buildings on it or decor and other things very much you know what you have maybe on sims or and, and and other places and um, eventually people will be able to operate a business in on their property in in their building so what kind of businesses are there it's just i just mentioned decor so maybe you want to run in a virtual decor shop and that's also very much a big differentiator what upland is and compared to to let's say more um, traditional games that means the players will be running that decor shop and selling maybe a fence, saying a virtual fountain or something to other players. And it's not us, Upland, the operators. And they can sell those assets for either our in-app currency, Apex, or, and I'll come to that in a second, also or for, um, uh, for US dollars. 
But this earn component can also have other other ideas. So, so for instance, maybe you render services to someone. Maybe someone has a shop and he needs uh, someone who sells actually the goods. So you can actually go and start earning some money. So that is quite important. Then we have also what we are launching is called NFT galleries. So what we mentioned, the this digital art. So you will be able to import art from other blockchains into Upland and then run an NFT gallery and sell digital art to other players. So that's also one type of business. Virtual car dealerships and all these kind of things uh, which will which will uh, launch. And then the third component after play earn is connect. You see that also on top here. <laughs> so that means people can go and meet in virtual settings like a virtual coffee shop and virtual you know universities or virtual you know sports arenas and they can meet there you know chat with each other maybe exchange some digital goods and and so on so that's what what upland is and upland is available right now on ios android on on the web um, and as I mentioned, we have also capabilities and that's a big differentiator to for users to actually sell the digital goods for US dollars. Got it. And so just to dive a little bit more deeply so I fully understand what Upland is. So let's take that first piece. So it sounds like you're saying that you've, you've got specific cities and the Upland properties within the Upland virtual world. Does that map one-to-one -one with the actual physical real world in terms of the property? Yes. But but that the house itself could be different. Is that right? Where you would be building your own house and you can kind of but so the, it's like the parcel of land is what you would be investing in. And then you can build whatever you want on top of that. Is that how that part works? Yes, this is this is true. Yeah. So okay. you basically just, you know, when I said you have this map application, you zoom in, then you see the parcel and you have the real world borders, property borders. We're partnering there with a with a third party company who provides us this kind of borders. And um, and then you can start putting something on there, what you want, because our our slogan is also rebuild the world. That means maybe today there's a skyscraper on in the real world, but maybe you put a small townhouse on it. So that's that's possible. And you can run maybe in the real world, there's a, let's say a car dealership, but you decide to run a coffee shop there, right? So this is all possible what, what you can do. However, we expect that uh, people who own a shop in real life, that, you know, this will somehow how merged so when I own a, this coffee shop in real life, maybe I have an incentive to also own the virtual version because now I can maybe get people, you know, come there, you know, once in a while, uh, you know, just not virtually, but also in the physical world and, and do things. So it's going to be quite funny, uh, quite fun to see how people will, will, will blur those kind of things. The only exception when we say it can be, can be put anything what you want on top of that parcel is uh, when we speak about landmark. But we said, okay, we still, of course, once you have the map, which looks, of course, like San Francisco or New York, but what we also want is that, you know, let's say these important landmarks like, like you know, Statue of Liberty, you know, you have and maybe, you know, the, we had the Trump Tower, which we sold the New York Stock Exchange. Um, so, th so these kind of, these are landmarks where we say, okay, those will look like in real life. So we will do three models, which resemble the, the building in, 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 in the real life. Got it. And so you can also you get some yield by owning these properties. You can actually build businesses in the virtual world. But then you also said you're supporting like a user generated marketplace. So people within Upland can create items that can then be transacted, sold and things of that nature. The other part was you're also creating a marketplace where you can sell art and other 
items from outside of Upland. So that's kind of interesting. You're bringing it in and then you're using the community of Upland as a marketplace to buy outside of Upland digital goods. Is that correct? That's that's correct. Yeah. So the the, okay. the, the idea is really uh, so we we will not buy parcels back as upland, right? All of the purchases and you know supply and demand everything happens between between the players themselves. So if I purchase now, let's say the New York Stock Exchange, to give you one example, has been sold for twenty three thousand um, dollars, or which is twenty three million apex, because one dollar equals one thousand apex in in our world. And um, so, so this because the New York Stock Exchange obviously has some some interesting you know business potential, and some others might buy it from the from the original first owner, and this you can now do for any digital good in Upland going forward. So when I purchase maybe a nice car, right? Maybe I I drive it in quotation mark virtually for one year, <laughs> and then I decide to play to sell it to another player, and I sell it maybe a little bit maybe I sell it a little bit cheaper than uh, than I bought it because I've used it obviously. And um, and then um, I can find uh, find a secondary purchaser, market purchaser. And kind of, and then finally that that last connect piece where you're having people be able to meet within Upland and kind of talk and potentially transact. Is that the main way that you hope to engage and retain players within Upland? Yeah, I mean, right now we already have a very, very engaged in community on on Discord, mainly on Discord, where where they creating also additional all sorts of content, like like of course videos, blogs, uh, rap song, podcasts, and so on. And we want to capture that. So if you are somehow, let's say, also let's say when we take the virtual coffee shop and you are you may be a video producer, maybe you want to invite some people to, to come there and people have then the reason not to watch the video on YouTube, but they come to your place, you know, and we have to see how, how that evolves. Right now, there's a there's an app which is called Clubhouse, which is super successful, uh, where people just meet on, on audio basis. And, you know, we, we have very similar, similar ideas with different, you know, different ways of communication. Maybe some of the, you know, meetings will be in video, some will be just on text, some will be in, in audio. So, so that's that's what drives people always back coming back to to the app, but the app in order to retain users, it's not this is one big component is this social component which I just mentioned, but there's also all this game loops and game engagement points we have. So we have it's just fun to be there and to to do treasure hunts against other players and to participate in a live event. So that drives people all the time back, and of course when you are putting money or when you're operating a business, right, you always want to check in you know just like in real life how's my business doing and this is also something which is of course naturally will drive people back into the app so i thought we can next talk about the metaverse and it seems like you have a very interesting product in the sense that you're kind of mixing elements of blockchain and metaverse and so could you speak to i mean we already see some elements of metaverse in terms of land and you know kind of user-generated content and things of that nature, but could you, maybe let's start with what, what do you think, what is your definition of a metaverse? Yeah, there's a lot of definitions and what's really the right definition. For me, it's super simple. For me, it's a parallel world where I take another or maybe the same identity. So, and we have lots of people might have seen the, the movie uh, Ready Player One, and that's perfectly a metaverse. But a metaverse is also when you, when you play Fortnite, for instance, right? It's also a metaverse as such. 
However, the main differentiator of a blockchain metaverse is that you have this component of selling goods and transferring value between stakeholders or between players. That's that's what is new for blockchain metaverses. Right. And so within Upland, could you talk about that in terms of, you know, how would you how do you describe Upland's version of the metaverse? And I, I guess we can see the blockchain elements of it, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit in terms of what your plans for building out the metaverse in Upland are. Yeah. So I mean, maybe to add on on the previous explanations, I think Meta was also some kind of a mindset. So you go in there, right? And because most of the people associate Metaverse with some kind of virtual reality experience and so on, which is probably true, but we all know that virtual reality is still a bit further out or you have maybe some 3D environment and so on. So, but the, first of all, it's something where you go in, you start thinking, you start strategizing, you know, when you play the game or when you meet people and all this kind of things. So it's something which which takes part of your mind. So that's 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 one thing of, of the metaverse. Um, in terms of specifically of, of Upland, um, that's just exactly the way it is right now. Now, because we are based on the real world, now you can purchase, um, the, when, you, when you purchase the, your parcel, now you put a building on it, and then others people can walk through the streets, see the buildings from outside, and then eventually can go into those buildings. And then there's something in there, either it's a gallery or, or what have you, right? Or a coffee shop and so on. And then you can move move around in those 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 places. And that's what the, the metaverse makes it so so compelling because you you're taking you know you yourself somewhere else, but in Upland's case, it's somehow still connected to the real world because I clearly see also um, once the whole pandemic and things are over, we hopefully go back to normal life and technology advances when, you know, I've heard that, you know, the, those uh, augmented reality glasses will come out one day, right? So I clearly see also that an Upland user maybe one day carries its, his augmented reality glasses, walks through a street in, in his city and then sees a coffee shop, but he sees maybe something else, what's, what's there in real life and can do maybe something else, what he could do in real life. So he has additional possibilities because of that and that's part of the metaverse it's not just it's not completely isolated immersive experience it can be in upland's case really blend with the real world my last question is really around the potential evolution of the metaverse and you know you mentioned ready player one for example but in terms of when you think about the upland metaverse what will how do you view the upland metaverse in say five years in 20 years how close do we get to ready player one or what is your eventual sort of end game in terms of the evolution of upland's metaverse yeah it's a very good question so i think in five years we all have to see how technology also evolves in a certain way right but when we when we when we can pursue our vision and that's a lot of people will play or will be in the upland metaverse i see that in five years many people will be there and spend some of their time there so instead of being maybe on a social network they will be in upland meeting their friends in a coffee shop or new people you know who have like-minded interests and and do some stuff there and, and participate in some local events and what have you so that's that's something but it's still you know let's say it's still clear that you are somehow in that you know that let's say artificial you know environment for such you go there and and so on in 20 years however when technology has advanced i see clearly that this is going to be completely blurred so it's not clear sometimes and it might be a little bit abstract 
are you now in the real world or are you in the upland metaverse? Where where are you right now in a certain sense? Because somehow it's it's just mixed up and uh, and you're you're doing different things uh, which are just you know it's just it will feel natural um, that you that you navigate yourself through those different types of worlds when I when I see the way I see it. Got it. Okay. Well. Dirk, I want to thank you very much for your time. So Dirk, uh, for the audience, please do check out Upland. I think it's a very, very exciting product and definitely you know, you, you're at the forefront of, of all these new changes in technology, blockchain and metaverse and things of that nature. So I think it's very interesting, but maybe if Dirk, if you have a last message for our audience and if folks are interested in contacting you or checking out, Meta, uh, checking out Upland, where should they go? Yeah, you see that actually here in, oops, in my back. <laughs> yeah. I just get confused. No, that's a, never again. <laughs> so yeah, you see our our internet uh, is uh, upland.me. You can follow us on Twitter or join us on Discord. Um, so it's really, you know, that's very easy. And you can, also, of course, find us on the app in the iOS store. Uh, Google Play Store. So yeah, no, join join Upland, join the community. It's a great community. It's not all about playing. It's about socializing with others. And um, I think you will enjoy the time when, you, when you're there. All right, great. Well, Dirk, thank you again for your time. And that's it. Thanks, everybody.